Hello and welcome to the In the Booth podcast. I'm your host, Alan Etzler, and I'm joined today by News Post reporter Mallory Panuska. Mallory, how are you today? I'm doing well. And we have a special guest, County Council at Large candidate Danny Farrar. Danny, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So we're just going to jump right into it. The uh, election's right around the corner and, you know, sort of just give us the uh, kind of rundown of how the campaign is going and, and the issues that you've been campaigning on this election season. Campaign is doing, uh, you know, outstanding. We started early. We're the only first-time uh, candidate running. Uh, so we wanted to get out there uh, a little early, get our name out, uh, get a chance to meet people, find out what, not necessarily even what mattered to us, but what mattered to the constituents out there. And uh, so it's been going well, door knocking great. Uh, we've raised the most of any uh, candidates, super pumped, got a, a ton of grassroots movements. The vast majority of the funds that have come in have, have come from uh, multiple donors. So it's, you know, we're slaying it. We're pumped for it. And what are some of those issues that you've you've thought were uh, that the constituents have raised to you that you think are, are important this year? Well, listen, the reason I got into this uh, was kind of two part. Uh, the first part of that was small business. I mean, small business is everything to me. It allowed me to change uh, my star, so to speak, and go from meeting out of trash cans to owning one of the fastest growing companies in America. Uh, and Frederick gave me that opportunity. So I want to make sure that we pass that along to everyone else. Uh, the second thing being is that, you know, we're running on the uh, kind of the tagline of changing culture of the council. The way that that uh, Diaz had, has went and the conduct that's taken place up there over the past four years is nothing short of an embarrassment. Uh, we need, there shouldn't be such a division at that, at that level, especially at the county level. These issues really aren't partisan. Um, everybody wants to have clean drinking water and, allow, and, and have an economy that allows people to do what they want to do and live and have opportunity and, and you know, maintain a, a positive place to live and work. So that, that there should be more unity on that. And then you add to the fact that the fire department, I'm a big public safety guy. I was a firefighter for five years myself. Um, they're just grossly underfunded, grossly understaffed. Uh, I mean, they're, they turn out gear that keeps those guys safe. You know, it's all set to expire. Literally, the entire county's turnout gear is set to expire. And firefighters already have the highest rate of cancer, uh, you know, in, in the nation when it comes to what happens to them post-secondary. So, you know, getting on that and then, you know, I've lost six people either directly or indirectly uh, over the past year or so to, to heroin. And so doing what we can to tackle that issue as well. Um, well, um, since you did mention heroin, um, I know that opioid abuse is a huge issue within the county. Um, the county executive and the sheriff recently announced a desire to place a detox center inside the county's work release center. Um, is that a plan that you would support, or would you rather see it somewhere else, or want to see it at all in the county? Well, we, we definitely want to see uh, a treatment center in the county. I think it's super important for a couple different reasons. Uh, first, let's take the emotional side of it out of the, out of the equation, right? Uh, you know, people lose people, that's heartbreaking, that's sad. But if you just look at it from a fiscal uh, perspective, how many times does that firefighter and that police have to run that same person that's ODing, right? So that's that's opportunity uh, costs. That's wear and tear on the vehicle. That's honestly wear and tear on the actual police and firefighter. So I think getting a situation where we're not just taking them to the hospital, they're there till they sober up, then get re-released, re that's, the, that's the definition of insanity, right? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So we desperately need a place that when these guys and girls come out of, you know, come off of the high and they're remorseful and they want to get help, there's a safe place to put them in there. I, I recently at the Brunswick Forum applauded uh, Jan Gardner and, uh, you know, the sheriff wasn't there, but same thing for him for working together to get this set up. I think it's an awesome thing. There are concerns that were raised about the particular location. I think fiscally it makes a ton of sense to use existing infrastructure to pull this off. Uh, but we also want to make sure that 
we don't rush into it so fast that we haven't dealt with any unforeseen consequences and some issues that were raised were were these people would these people feel comfortable going there because it's a, you know a type of a detention center so i definitely think we want to make sure we flush it out but if if that gets it going it's needed um and switching gears a little bit um talking about apfos and school construction fees i know that's really big in the county right now um would you support um, the plan that's in place right now to um, raise the school construction fees for the developers that are still owing them? Um, or I guess, like, what are your thoughts on, like, school construction fees and um, just APFOs in general? I think the APFO needs to be looked at. It needs to be revised. I mean, the reality is the economic, I guess, the economic reality around us changes. We also, you have to look at what goes into these school mitigation fees and what goes into why we get where we're at with overcrowding. Uh, the developers will tell you they pay enough or too much. Uh, the non-growers will tell you that they don't pay enough, and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. There's three real factors that kind of lead to this. Uh, the first factor is obviously new construction. Um, I'm building a new house over in Lake Linganore with my wife. Hopefully we stay put finally. She's moved me more than the Army did. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we're, I think our impact fee for that was 18000 Um You also have to look at... Uh, the developers, when they are doing a, a house uh, or building it, they're between forty-nine to uh, I think one hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars in fees. That's before they even. That's before they bought material. That's before they got ground. Before they did anything. So there are funds that are going in there. But what causes this is you've got people moving to the area that buy new houses. You also have. Um, uh, families that are here, they just start growing. I'm an example of that. I've got a second child on the way, right? And that necessarily wasn't uh, accounted for when they built the schools. And then the third thing is you have retirees or our seniors that have no children in the house that they do, and they sell that house to a family that has children. We don't collect any fees on that. But the problem is we have the highest property taxes in the state, and I, I can never say the word. I'm going to bone it up, and I'm going to look dumb. It's the rescind the rescinding tax or whatever, that money that we have the third highest of that. So at some point in time, we do have to figure out other ways than just trying to constantly get blood out of a stone. And I think a lot of that needs to be addressed when we look at how we grow. Would you support a new kind of third option should you get on the council that, that gives kind of developers that way that way out or just relook at the fees totally? I, well, I definitely don't want to say give developers a way out. Um, and I think right, wrong, or indifferent, it's kind of been the uh, the feeling of a lot of people in the county that the developers have gotten a way out. Um, you know, when you look at the fee that they were paying, a lot of people think that it's a fee in lieu. It's actually a fee in addition to. But what happens is if they pay the fee for the school, and then I'm going to use silly, easy numbers because I'm not a math guy, Let's just say, for example, we're going to make something up. The school was 160,000 square feet is what they originally factored it to be um, for when they were doing the development. And then halfway through that, they realized that's, that's not enough square footage. Now they could, pay that, they could pay an additional fee that's supposed to cover if the actual school size needed to be 200 uh, square feet, that it could cover that. The reality is that's not working, and that's why we're finding ourselves um, uh, overcrowded. If what you're doing right now isn't working, you do need to be open to other options. So always willing to sit in and talk. One of the uh, responsibilities of the county council is to uh, set the tax rate. Um, do you support a constant yield rate or using the constant rate that we've used for, for the last four years, which is a, a $1.06 per $1,000 uh, of assessed value? 
I think the constant yield should be able to you should be able to go with that. I mean, the reality is is that we kind of do the same thing with the schools, right? We give them uh, um, the mandatory funding, and they need to budget according to that. And we need to do the same thing with the county. Uh, the county budget's grown eighty three million dollars. Uh, I think there's something I don't have my notes, so my number might be a little off, but there's an additional I think two hundred and we'll go on the low side. I think it's like an additional two hundred thirty, two hundred forty positions that have been there. I think we need to take a hard look at that org chart. I'm not taking anything away from county employees, but we do. We need to take a hard look at that and see what's there. Um, you know, when you look at the constant rate, people say that it's not a, a tax increase. Listen, I understand their concept behind that, right? Like this, the property value of your home went up, um, so you made more money. But if you didn't refinance your house or you didn't sell your house, you didn't make more money, Right. You're living in the same house that you lived in last year. You're just paying more money for it. Um, so I, I think constant yield should be able to work. Um, it's up to the county to find ways to make that uh, budget work. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned going through these forums is that, you know, I've had a lot of people come up to me afterwards and say, hey, man, I really appreciate uh, your, frank an your frank answers. And I think people are so sick of being lied to that they actually prefer no because at least they know you're being a straight shooter. Um, and I told them, you know, they were asking up in, uh, asking up in uh, Thurmont about a trails and, and uh, trolley plan. Would we be cool with funding it? And I said the answer is it depends what's in the budget and depends on what is the will of, you know, what is this county, uh, county's will? What is this uh, Thurmont's will? You know, we spent the entire hour prior to the trolley question asking, saying we don't have enough money for seniors. We don't have enough money for the fire department. We don't have enough money for schools. By the way, let's go ahead and throw the trails plan into it, too. We've we spent so long in this county making everything a priority that nothing's been a priority. So we have to figure out what the priority is moving forward. Do you worry? You, you mentioned at the at the outset that the uh, public safety firefighters has, has been under under uh, funded and it costs increase. So if the constant yield is what you want to use, that money doesn't really change. But those costs increase. Do you worry how much funding would be available for the fire service or for schools or for roads? I think my main focus is on economic development. And the, the awesome part about the economic development side of the house, and Loudon did a study on this, and my hard numbers are not going to be perfect because I don't have my notes in front of me, but uh, Loudon did a study and they found that for every dollar of residential, uh, every dollar that residential growth produces in a tax, in a tax revenue, it consumes, I think it's a dollar sixty-five of resources. For every dollar that economic development uh, produces in that uh, real estate tax, it only consumes thirty-two cents uh, of, ta of taxable resources. So, if we can continue to put into place ways to uh, improve the economic opportunity here, then we're going to generate that additional revenue on, on top of it. Um, and kind of touching on another area you sort of touched on, affordable housing. It's a huge issue in the county. Um, you're saying, like, county's property taxes are the highest. Um, so, obviously, affordable housing is not something that's really easily accessible. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any plans to kind of, like, create more affordable housing or, like, just have ways that people can afford to live here better? Yeah. I think, uh, listen, and this is something else that I'll, uh, the current administration's put out where they – uh, made it so that they, they're streamlining the process so they can add the uh, accessory dwelling units. Um, I think that's option, uh, awesome option. I think also in increasing that for you to have the ability to do it, not just for 
you know, seniors, but also anybody. If you gets an extra source of income, um, you know, think about it like this point. How many people in, in this county have roommates, right? What's the difference in being able to have an accessory dwelling unit on a house as long as it's done in a tasteful manner uh, and let them generate a little extra revenue and then have uh, affordable housing for people? I think you also have to be able to be willing to think outside the box. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a, a would work here, but I'll give you an example that's outside of the box. I believe it's either in China, Japan. They actually took um, the old uh, concrete drain pipes. I don't know if you ever saw, if you saw this, and they turned this into a it's a one or two person living quarter, and you can actually stack them on top of each other. Um, it's way more affordable than building a, a traditional house. Um, it gives you something neat and new to look at, uh, and it gives you a different idea. Uh, I told a guy at the uh, Thermont um, uh, forum, he asked a question. Uh, he asked, would, would we get behind bringing a senior center to uh, Thermont? And again, I said, listen, yeah, everything is a budgetary uh, question. But as a guy that got laughed at when he started his company and said that my idea wouldn't work and we see how well it's working now, the one thing that taught me is that you have to be willing to listen and try and consider those outside-the-box ideas because a lot of times those are the ones that really make the big difference and, and change the way it is. You mentioned your, your small business. Um, and just as a guy who's opened a business in this county, what are your thoughts on the regulations, the restrictions set on small businesses? Are there too many? Are there not enough? What would you like to see get rid of? What would you like to keep? How, how would you like to operate fall, uh, small businesses as, as a county government entity? Well, so for me, uh, when I opened Frederick, and we opened Frederick back in 2013, uh, it was and still is the easiest gym we opened. Uh, Montgomery County has almost bankrupt me three times. And that is due to the fact, literally, every gym we've opened in Montgomery County went over budget. And that's because of red tape. That's because uh, the bureaucracy of, it, of things changing. You know, one guy tells you, comes in and tells you you're good. The next inspector comes in and tells you you're, you're not good. Um, you know, in talking to small business owners, they feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, bureaucracy and red tape in the way. And I ended up having a conversation uh, with the, uh, uh, the guys that run St. John's property and said, hey, you know, what do y'all see? Because, you know, they obviously lease. They help people get into business all the time. And, uh, you know, they said what we see is a difference in, in Frederick, Frederick versus like Loudoun is that Loudoun has a, a defaults to yes when it comes to economic development. Let's find a way to make this happen. And a lot of people feel like Frederick defaults to no. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, Mark Stevanis, uh, who I don't know if you've heard of Heavy Metal Playground. So Heavy Metal Playground, what they do is they have they take heavy equipment and you play various games. You play basketball, move the tires, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they went, and this happened to them both at the county and the city. They went to uh, the permitting, and permitting office looked at them and said, well, we have an, a permit for operating heavy equipment. We have a permit for, uh, for entertainment. We don't have a permit for entertainment on heavy equipment. You need to do business elsewhere. Like, where was the default to yes there? Where was the problem solving? And there's a million different reasons why that could happen. We could uh, be in a place where... Um, you know, the, the county employees don't feel like they have the, the ability to uh, make those type of decisions. But one way or the other, we have to streamline that permitting process. Um, you know, if you, come, if you come to my gym to sign up and you forget to initial a block, I'm not going to look at you and go, hey, 
you know, I, I really wanted you to join today, but you didn't initial that block. So what I'm going to need you to do is take this contract, go back to your house and come see me next Tuesday. I'll, I'll get you set up. I also like to see us extend the hours uh, to be able to times when people aren't typically at work. Like if you're trying to start a business, a lot of folks that try to start a business, they do what I did, which was basically you start off as your side hustle. You're working to get that done, which means you're working at your nine to five during the day. You can't take off and just go to the office of permit in the middle of the day, um, you know, and do more. We can. Uh, this would be something I'd like to see done through public private partnerships, um, you know, where we're we're hosting seminars and training things, because if you've never started a business, guess what? You have no clue how to do start a business. I mean, everything else is theory at that point. We see that with franchising is that, you know, that's the benefit of people purchasing it. We're there to help them every step of the way to get them through their various permitting processes and keep them on plan. Um, speaking of public-private partnerships, um, the downtown hotel is, um, I mean, seems to be moving along down the city. And um, I guess, like, what – I know that it's not really at the county level at this point, but um, another candidate did say that, like, they would like the county to take a more active role in trying to get it moving forward. Uh, what are your thoughts on the downtown hotel? Would you support a downtown hotel? Would you support public money for a downtown hotel? It's, uh, you know, I've actually talked to a couple different people about this. Um, almost universally, everybody says that we need the downtown hotel. Um, I, I am concerned with taking taxpayers' money to, to fund a private venture. Uh, with that said, tourism is the number one revenue generator in the county. Uh, so it's, it's easy to make a case for it either way. Uh, it's not too often that you'll get uh, an indecisive answer from me, but I, I haven't made my mind up on that. I don't know whether I see pros and cons to both sides. Um, I just I just don't think – I think the biggest thing that bothers me with it is I don't think government should have any role in business. The government can barely government, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, them trying to become business owners, I, I just don't know if that's a smart play. You You mentioned tourism and the revenue that it generates – we have a vast amount of rural land uh, throughout the county and farmers who are trying to find ways to make their business um, economically viable in today's industry. Part of that is through agritourism. How would you, what would you do as part of the council to help some of these farmers, some of these people in the rural parts of the county embrace tourism and improve tourism in those areas? Listen, I, we actually kind of talked about this at the Thermont Forum. I think uh, their ability, we're living in a world now where farming has 100% become a, 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 global, a, a global economy, right? They're competing uh, against farmers from all over the world. We've seen what's happened with the dairy farm um, and how many of those are having to, to close down because they're selling a commodity. So I think the reality is that we have to let these guys diversify and we need to figure out where it is uh you know i'm a i'm a big 1776 kind of guy i'm like if it's your property you should probably be able to do what you want to with it uh there are limits to that you know you don't want to have somebody having a rock concert right next to somebody else's uh house that's doing that but i think you can draft sensible legislation that would allow people to do what they need to do with their with their land i mean if you look at what adam frey is doing where with phrase brewing and, and the 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 problems he's been going through and the hoops he's jumping through trying to get that brewery open because what you find out when you sit down and talk to these guys is that these local brewers they're not going to really make any money selling it to 
you know, trying to be a distributor. They need to make their money by having a tasting room, selling the tastings, booking the venues and the things along those lines. So um, I'm all for allowing them to diversify. And the other aspect of it is, is that, you know, as many young people aren't getting into it as they used to be. Um, there's a great documentary where I think they said, uh, I, I'm not going to try to quote the number, but it, it basically talks about, I think, in the early 30s, almost 30 or 40 percent of Americans farmed or, or fished or did something along those lines. And now it's down to like 2 percent. I mean, the reality is a lot of folks just aren't jumping into it like they used to. And so we keep talking about we want to keep Frederick to have the rural look, the farmland. Well, you're going to have to bend somewhere. And I think letting them diversify their property is how you do it. Um, a couple of the other candidates also mentioned um, teacher pay as being like an issue within the county. Um, they say that they're not paid enough. Um, and so I guess, do you agree that like teacher pay is something that like the county should focus on and like trying to get that up? Or I mean, is that do you think money should be better spent elsewhere? Or I guess like, what are your thoughts on that? Again, this goes back to a thing, you know, over half of our, uh, our real estate taxes are going to the going to education. I do think uh, I think we need to find ways to, to prioritize it and take care of them. Um, I think the Board of Ed needs to that's their you know, they need to run their role. They're the one putting the budget together. They're the one making a decision where the funding goes. Again, I think there needs to be a little more transparency and openness to where that but what's at what that budget is actually getting spent on. I mean, I think sometimes with everything, you need to, same thing at the county level, like we talk about with those 84 positions, right? You, you need to do uh, a deep dive and is the position that you're paying for bringing in the return on investment that you expected to do? Is it meeting the means test? Are, are they are they giving you your deliverables? So I think they need to look at that. And I think if they, I'm guarantee you, without a shadow of a doubt, you can make cuts somewhere that you don't drop the quality of the services that we're in and you can actually end up taking those cuts and pay the teachers more. You you mentioned transparency in the budgeting process and, and you were talking about the Board of Ed, but I want to kind of refer back to the position you would be on should you win. Do you feel like the county has uh, shown enough transparency in the budgeting process and how do you feel about this the, the spending that the county executive has had in her budgets? Has it been too much, too little? And do you feel like the county council has been involved in that process enough? Um, I told people that one thing that I would consider putting in as a charter amendment is that the county council and, you know, this would be this would be something that I wouldn't put the charter amendment in until I talked to the other people on the DS and, 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 and figured out kind of a consensus about, you know, where they wanted to uh, uh, go. You know, maybe have this at a workshop or something along those lines. Um, I'd like to see a charter amendment that would allow the the county council to be able to move to no more than three budgetary items and the reason i'd like to see that is that right now all they can do is strike uh items out of the budget that, that i don't think that necessarily helps anybody what you want to be able to do is to be able to again look into the budget find out what is delivering what if there's a what if there's some project out there like what if we look at these um positions that have been added over the since charter and government came in what if we find out that those positions or some of those positions actually aren't producing any deliverables or they're underperforming? Why don't we take that funding that we're not getting the investment from and actually move that to something else like firefighters or ECC or to the budget to help the teachers? Um, you know, so that's what I think we, we need to be able to do. 
right now just striking something out of the budget it's kind of a zero-sum game um you know that's what i'd like to see um and you had mentioned economic development as being um a large uh thing that you care about like within um the county i know that there was recently an announcement for a large project out in urbana that's going to bring 900 jobs um i don't know exactly what that's going to be yet but like it's like a experimental or testing laboratory research type of project um do you think that's a good thing for that area or do you have, or do you have concerns about a part project that large coming to that spot or i mean i guess like what are your thoughts on that I mean, to be frank with you, I hadn't seen that, Um, but so it's hard to speak too intelligently on it. Uh, I think the biggest problem from that I've seen from door knocking with individuals is that the southern part of the county is it's just congested. Right. I mean, it's just developments going up everywhere. Um, With that said, if a job like that can come in um, and, and provide opportunity for people so they don't have to drive down the road on 270. Again, when you look at the infrastructure, part of the problem, you know, I do like the notion of uh, of expanding 270, but I, at the same time, I always tell folks, look at traffic in L.A. They got 11 lanes, and all 11 lanes are full, right? So you, somewhere along the line, you have to uh, address the flow issue, too, and it's well over 50% of the county drives down that corridor to go down to find work somewhere else, and they're there for opportunity. So if a job like that comes in and it can provide opportunity for people that are here, great. The only concern that I would have with it on the front end is how many people here and in that area are going to be qualified to do whatever that particular business is bringing in at 900 people. So are we going to see a lot of people from that area actually employed there? Or are we going to see that business bring cause more people to move into the area to work mm-hmm. there? You mentioned earlier that the um, county council and the behavior of it that you've seen in the last four years, you used the word embarrassment. Um, in a previous interview, you've called it dysfunctional. How would you improve the dynamic of the county council? And secondly, how would you work with um, either a new county executive or a county executive who isn't on the same side of the aisle as you? Um, well, you hit it on the head. You know, we don't, I've got a three-year-old daughter. And if my, my daughter acts the way that they acted, I pick her up and we go to another room. We have a conversation about why you don't act that way. Um, you get up on the the dais um, and you put in an elected position. You are, are expected to keep a level of decorum and professionalism while you're up there. Uh, everybody's not going to agree with you. Everybody's not going to agree with me. Uh, I'm married. I plan on staying married till I croak or she kills me first, whichever one comes. <laughs> and and she we don't agree on everything, right? So if you don't do that with the person you chose to spend the rest of your life with, why do you think you're going to do that with somebody that was elected uh, to work with you? So you have to sit up there and listen to what's said, take it in, and realize, again, not everybody's going to agree with you, and then state your case in a professional manner. And then from there, somebody is going to technically, I guess you would say, win, right? One side is going to convince the other members of that DS that, uh, what your your plan is and what the, the requests you've seen from your constituents are, that's the way forward. And whether you win or lose, you have to take that uh, again, uh, way with professionalism. And if you lose, I don't think you have the right to try to sabotage uh, the winning side, right? Because collectively, this was the path move forward. You know, folks always talk about leadership, but so many of them don't understand that you have to be able to be a good follower first you have to be willing to 
lead from the front, the side, the rear, and, and be where you are and do the role that you have in there. So no matter who is a county executive, no matter who is on the DS, I'm going to have conversations with them. I'm going to talk to them. Uh, you know, the goal is, to, is a quote that I like, seek first to understand before you seek to be understood. And that's how I'm going to move forward with this entire process. And most importantly, I don't care who gets the credit. I don't care if Jan Gardner gets the credit. I don't care if you two get the credit. I don't care if uh, Phil Dacey gets the credit. I don't care. What I care about is that my daughter and my daughter that's coming in hot in January, they can grow up in a place that's awesome, it's safe, and they can choose to stay here and live here if they want to. Well, I don't think me and Mallory are ever going to get the credit, <laughs> but whatever. You'd be surprised. <laughs> um Danny, we, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and, and talking with us. Um, for voters, uh, early voting starts October 25th. Election day is November 6th. Danny, thanks again so much for joining us. Appreciate having you on. Thanks for having Thank us, guys. You. We appreciate it. Thank you.